This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. Another week, another pod. Hope you're living your life to the fullest, or to at least the rim. Just the tip top. You know, and hey, even if you have those days where you're living below your emotional means, that's okay too. That's okay too. Just don't go blaming the world for your problems. What side of the bed did I wake up on today? The floor. I woke up on the floor and I have a new perspective. I'm trying to burn away the bitch. And I have to go to the gym. That's going to be first and foremost. But before that, I want to welcome you guys to the podcast. Thank you so much to all my fans who constantly come back week after week to listen to The Sharp Tongue. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear how you're loving the podcast. And if you have deeper critiques you want to send us, email those us. Email those us? Email those to us. Comedy at gmail.com. Really would appreciate to hear your deeper critiques and questions, concerns, and all of that. Those can be saved for Dr. Peluso. That's on my Instagram on Sundays and Mondays if you go to my Instagram story. Or you can also submit your questions if they're a little bit longer and more in-depth. Jesse May Peluso Comedy at Gmail. But without further ado, this podcast, we're still rolling OG episodes out where I'm just ranting and raving about my week and my life. So I hope you guys enjoy this old school version of the Sharp Tongue Podcast with Jesse May. Peluso. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm coming to you live on location from a secret location. How's everybody doing? I'm pulling up the show notes for today. I guess I'll just use them on my phone. We have a lot we're going to talk about. So many, so many fun things. First, um, something happened with my dog Carlin and me possibly leaving edibles out. We'll get to that story at the end of the podcast because that one's, we got to save the best for last. And Oh, God, look at this pink jacket. Can we handle how cute this is? Just love a good Marshall's grab. This is what we call a Marshall's find. Yes, Carlin may or may not have eaten some edibles, okay? Am I a perfect dog mom? No. Please don't 
write in letters and and accuse me of being abusive until you hear the whole story. Okay. Speaking of letters, we've got some messages from the Maybays coming to you. We have some emails from people, from fans that we're going to be reading. And uh, let's just get into this. Let's get into the episode. How's everybody feeling? I feel pretty good. I'm a little exhausted from traveling and all the various things that I'm doing, but I'm feeling somewhat connected to myself. And I think sometimes we get disconnected from ourselves. So many things can make us feel disconnected. First of all, being on our phones all the fucking time, as I've spoken about before, can really create a huge disconnection. So I'm trying to be off my phone as much as possible, which is very difficult because it's right here in front of me. So um, I have been trying to get out, get out of the house and take my dogs on walks and do things that involve me just existing prior to all of this. And I say this right off of getting a message from my assistant, Deb, about Joe Rogan tweeting a message about an AI that has released a podcast as Joe Rogan interviewing various people. And it seems that the creator of ChatGBT is the person to blame for this whole thing. It says, Real Joe Rogan issues warning after AI Joe Rogan debuts podcast. Created uh, with the help of Chat GPT is nearly indistinguishable, indistinguishable from the real podcaster. It's a little freaky. We should probably listen to it just for a little bit. This is the future of... Actually, this is the present. We say it's the future, but this is the present. It sounds just like him. It, the, the tone is a little flat, so it definitely has a robotic essence, but it's still sounds just like him. I don't know if this is going to play. Of course. Wait, wait. I see a photo. See that popping up. It says the fake podcast features a conversation between artificially generated versions of Joe Rogan and OpenAI CEO Sam Altman. A uh, disclaimer for the pod states that the ideas and opinions in ex- expressed in the podcast are not reflections of the real Joe Rogan and real Altman's thoughts. Well, AI by day. So it's got the intro. We probably can't play all that. We'll probably get tinged. Very first episode of the Joe Rogan AI experience. I'm your host, Joe Rogan, or at least that's what this AI model thinks I sound like. Let me tell you, folks, this is some next level stuff. Oh, this is him talking about it. Okay, wait, that's actually, I'm like, this sounds like a robot. (laughs) It was Joe. (laughs) Where is it? Here's a fake one right here. My bad, guys. My God, this really sounds flat, and it's just Joe. <laughs> this is the one I was referring to. I pressed the wrong link. It was entirely generated with AI. Viewers' discretion advised. I'm sure you've heard about the lost civilization of Atlantis. Some folks think that an ancient advanced society might have existed and disappeared at the end of the last ice age. What do you think about that? Well, Joe, I've heard a lot of different theories about that over the years. And then let me tell you, it's a really big deal. I mean, the the, this is crazy. You see how it kind of goes on. It's a little flat for human beings. It's missing a soul. So it made me a little freaked out because I'm listening to it. Deb sent it to me and I'm getting ready for this podcast. And I just thought, what's the big deal? But then I thought, well, this is a really big deal. Like politically, uh, this could be a big deal. And also just further fueling these echo chambers we all exist in, you know, but I sure would love to have like maybe an AI argument with, with a sister, like record, it would be cool to do like real time AI arguments with people just on the phone and, and finally say what you really mean. Not like, I shouldn't say my sister, my sister and I really don't argue, but just people in general, it would be fun to have an AI argument. 
in real time. That, that's where the technology would interest me. But speaking of Deb, uh, Deb and I went out to dinner, a little assistant appreciation because Deb's been killing it and doing amazing things for the podcast and also helping me with the Deuce podcast with Mike Tully. And we went out to, to Scopa, which is an Italian restaurant in LA. And I will say, people say this often about places where they live. It's hard to find a certain type of cuisine. It's kind of hard to find good Italian in Los Angeles. And Scopa is just one of my favorite restaurants. If you have a chance to go, it's on the west side. It's super delicious. But Deb was laughing at me, and I don't know why we got started on this conversation. I said that my mom used to make a nice macaroni salad. (laughs) And it was the way I said it that just made us both laugh so hard. I was like, my mom used to make a nice macaroni salad. Like, macaroni salad's fine cuisine. It's elbow, pasta, mayonnaise, paprika and peas like peas and my sister was such a diva she used to hand pick the peas out of the macaroni salad which by the way also had tuna in it this was basically a casserole that my mom made sound real fancy she's anytime we we do a party nancy be like i'll bring over my macaroni salad i'd be oh nancy's bringing over the macaroni salad Nancy's bringing over the macaroni salad. It was, it was a star in of itself in the family. People, I think, in my family would just have parties just so my mom would bring over her macaroni salad. Elbow pasta, mayonnaise, tuna fish, and peas. If that doesn't sound like a poor person's cornucopia of a starvation solution, I don't know what does. It is just everything that was left in the fridge in a bowl. And somehow Nancy referred to it as cuisine. And and my sister would pick out the peas one by one and like put it in this passive aggressive pea pile on her plate. This is upstate cuisine. A macaroni salad. Not a lick of lettuce. Not a shred of lettuce. Not even a hint of lettuce. Peas, but those those suckers weren't even alive for, for so long. Those peas have been dead for so long because it came from a fro- frozen package. And let me tell you, my friends used to request this. My friend Tia would come over and, and she'd request Nancy to make the macaroni salad. I remember this one specific time, Tia and I, we got drunk at the house because that's where Nancy would say was not okay to drink, but we would pretend that it was okay after Nancy went to bed and we'd get into Nancy's liquor cabinet and bust out the bottles of brandy. God, I have a headache just thinking about it. We bust out those bottles of brandy, drink them all in film with water because that's the color brandy is. And then... This one particular night, T and I, you know, tying one on, drank all of Nancy's liquor cabinet, and then we decided to go for a walk around the neighborhood at night. This was, this was probably 11 o'clock at night during the summertime. And we proceeded to be a little bit rebellious. We started to steal things, allegedly. Lawn furniture, that little lady that bends over, you know that little lady? Anybody remember that? The garden lady who bent bent over and she had like the the polka dot underwear we got a couple of those we took house addresses this isn't nice okay that we were the youth and the youth as we know are assholes and I was no stranger to being an asshole in my youth and this was like the the craziest thing I had ever really done and we took pinwheels we had a f- American flag <laughs> we were a theft parade walking down the street at midnight in upstate New York. And then we shoved all this stuff that we took for our neighbors under the cubbyhole underneath the porch of my house. 
Now, only certain people are going to know who grew up in certain areas what that even means because not every house in every city and state were created equal. Now, in upstate, a lot of the houses are built and they look like the cheap side of Monopoly. You know, there's they're stacked up high and they're lifted up and there's a there's a, a crawl space underneath the front porch and there's like a little troll door that you open and you crawl underneath there. I don't know. What was that for? There was nothing to access. I just assumed it was a, a playground for me. I was like, oh, cool. There's another room in this house outside. And I used to play under there and, and set small fires. Remember when I said it was the worst thing that I had ever done? And T and I came and we shoved all the stuff that we took from the neighborhood under there. Went to bed. And uh, Tia in the middle of the night, I woke up and Tia at some point in the middle of the night had gone downstairs to get a scoop of Nancy's macaroni salad. She didn't get one scoop. She actually got the whole bowl and not a spoon, but she got the serving spoon. So she went and took the entire Tupperware bowl of the macaroni salad, a serving spoon and brought it upstairs in the middle of the night and had left it in the window, you know, like a little space in the window overnight. And I woke up to what smelled like egg death. And I look over and, and Tia's got some elbow macaroni hanging out of her mouth. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there goes the macaroni salad for the day. Because Tia had taken it in the middle of the night and didn't think just to take a little bit. No, she wanted the whole freaking bowl. That's how popular Nancy's macaroni salad was. That's how intoxicating upstate cuisine is. I will tell you that about 20 years later, when my mom was cleaning the house, she found the American flag, the neighbor's addresses, and the little garden gnomes and the ladies' underwear statue underneath there. And I did get grounded as an adult. I will tell you that. You don't cross no pants, Nance, or her macaroni salad. Eat the peas, Emily. Eat the peas, damn it. And Debbie thought that was the funniest thing, so I had to share that <laughs> for you guys. I also wanted to talk about go back a couple of weeks ago when I got my dental work done and I don't know if I mentioned this but it just was a thought that I had remembered I was out to dinner with my brother-in-law his friend my sister <clears throat> my cousin Jimmy and his daughter and everyone except for Jimmy's daughter is married you know but Jimmy and I are there as single people getting Dave giving Davey <laughs> giving dating advice we were the only single people at the table telling the married people what they're doing wrong. And I just look at J Jimmy and I'm like, hey, we should probably shut up because you're you're 102 and I'm 40 with three dogs. We probably don't have any reason to be telling the married people how to live their lives. We should probably walk out of here like the sad single people that we are. I mean, come on. There's so much I want to talk about. Uh, first of all, do you guys remember? Oh, there's one other... I was talking about snacks, okay? I talked a little bit of crap about Quinn's somewhat stale, gluten-free snacks. And it got me thinking about the stories on snacks. You, we're not just eating food anymore. Snacks come with a story now. And for me, the only story I care about is the flavor. I love snacking. It's got to be good. And it also has to be somewhat healthy. So now I went on a deep dive to look for snacks and to look for their stories because all these snacks have stories. You can't just eat. Right? You can't just have a snack now. Now it comes with a whole background, which is a lot of pressure. And I think that's why they do it. You know, when it starts with, when our son, if, this, if the snack story starts with one day our son or one day our daughter, you got to buy the, all of it. 
because if you don't, the kid's not going to make it. So I went and I found all these snacks with stories and I wanted to read them to you guys. Now, I would be lying if I said I didn't already get into the snacks. I like snacks and I have opened every single package. But here's one of my favorite travel snacks. And none, none of these people sponsor the podcast, but they should. I've been eating these bars for years. The Go Macros. Specifically, the peanut butter chocolate chip. My favorite flavor. Now, these are organic, vegan, and gluten-free. For all of you people out there who care, there's probably a chunk of you that are like, I don't know what language you just spoke. But the, the ingredients are actually pretty agreeable for my picky taste. Now, let's get on to the story. There's the story that will reel you in. Mother, daughter, owned and based in a small rural community, our mission is to spread awareness for a balanced plant-based lifestyle with products that make a positive impact on the planet. This macro bar is made with high-quality, sustainable sourced plant-based ingredients using 100% renewable energy to help you have a healthy body, sharp mind, and bold spirit. Join us as we make the world better, one bite at a time. I got to tell you, this deserves a Pulitzer Prize. Prize. Prized? This deserves a Pulitzer Prize. It's gluten-free. It looks like it's kosher. I Don't quote me on that. Certified vegan. Quality Assurance International. Looks like some sort of rating system. There's a non-GMO, uh, verified, certified clean. Now, here's the tricky part. There aren't a lot of regulations here as far as the FDA is, con is concerned. But... I will say that this bar is delicious. I got pulled in by the story even more, even though I've been using this bar forever. So that's a pretty basic story, okay? Now this one, there's a picture of a lady on this bag. This is Tia Lupita's Foods. And there's a little face of a cute lady in a hair roller. It says, crafted with care. Food is love. I mean, I'm already pulled in. She Tia Lupita made this with her freaking bare hands out of the, the love of her heart. It's cactus grain-free tortilla chips, habanero, flavorful heat, which was what they called me in high school. Curler power. It comes with curler power, which I don't know what that is. That could be a problem. Where is this processed? What kind of plant is this processed in? Because I'm glad that her hair is tucked in. There's not going to be any hair in the habanero tortilla chips here. Grain-free. Okay, uh, let's read this story. It says, that that's right, amigos, a cactus chip, which... Feels like I shouldn't be putting that in my mouth. Oh, that's this is Spanish. Uh, no, no, this is just a word that is difficult to read. Nepalese cactus is a secret ingredient in our tasty tortilla chips, also made with cassava root flour and chia seeds. Do we mention our cactus chips are grain-free? A good source of fiber will make you forget about all those other tortilla chips. Now you know. A little cocky. I got to say, coming off a little confident. And there's a picture of Tia. Tia Lupita, who's adorable. Can we see her? I'll have Deb pop it in. Deb, I'll, I'll send you a photo of this so we can get her in. She looks a little day drunk, and I appreciate that because maybe that's how the food is made with love. She just is cooking and having a couple sips of wine. Everybody knows that's how you cook. Here we go. Tia Lupita's foods are inspired Mexican recipes from Hector's mom in her family kitchen and curler. So this curler must be a part of the process. Flavorful sauces and snacks, healthy, sustainable ingredients, food truly is love with every taste of Tia Lupita's. Now, I have never had this. I have to say that the smell is interesting. It's not... I don't know what I'm smelling. Maybe cactus has an interesting smell, and I'm not here to, to, to ruin anyone's product or business. 
I'm only here to be real and to give you how I feel. And it's just my opinion, okay? The opinions aren't facts. Even though... Oh, wow. Um, I'm scared to try it. Because smell, to me, indicates flavor. And we're just going to throw this down the hatch and see what happens. Oh, uh, nope. I'm sorry, Tia Lupita. Nope. No. This must be bad. Oh, well, there's a sticker here. Consuming this product... What does this say? Consuming this product can expose you to chemicals including lead, which is known to the state of California to cause birth defects? Why the fuck am I How? Why is there lead in this? I'm so confused. Is that why it smells so bad? <laughs> I feel like that sticker should be bigger than everything else on the bag. How is this small sticker with literally the teeniest, teeniest of font... The one that should be the biggest. It may expose you to chemicals, including lead. How is this possible? See, this is the problem. We have to read the fine print. And I'm sorry, but when the fine print is something that th is that detrimental, it should be a little bit larger. Okay, Tia Lupita. I, maybe you guys don't know this is happening, but there's lead in your chips. I thought we got rid of lead in all the chips. Apparently not. Sorry, it's a, that, that one's a loser. Here's one of my favorite products. Siete chips. If you haven't had Siete, do yourself a favor. Grain-free tortilla chips. Now, I just had a grain-free tortilla chip that probably gave me lead poisoning. This one, let me check for lead warning. I don't know why that bag has lead warning. That really makes me nervous. I've, I've been snacking at... Well, actually, no, I haven't had this bag yet. Somebody else opened it and said the same thing about the flavor but missed that there's lead poisoning. I don't understand how that can even happen. I'm going to have to write a fucking letter. Now, here's our story. Every fucking bag in the aisle has a story. It's like everything has to come with a sob story, but Siete is just one of my favorite snacks, and the ingredients are amazing. This doesn't seem to have any lead poisoning. What is happening between the AI robots and the lead poisoning and the chips? I don't want to wake up. I just want to nap and, and lay with my dogs and, and, and do nothing. Because it seems like it's very dangerous to be out in the world right now. Enjoy with family, friends, and neighbors because together is better. I love that they're trying to get you to hook up with your neighbors. You guys are scandalous. It says, embarrassing family photo, the Garza Siete, circa 1990. It's so cute. I'm going to have a chip because I do love these chips. I've had them before. These are the nacho dairy-free Siete chips. Mm. Mm. I know we don't want to listen to people chew on the podcast, but this is my new segment called Snack Attack. This is where I attack snacks. I eat them. I rate them. And I tell you the real deal. And... I did this because of all the stories I found when I was shopping for snacks for my road trip yesterday. And I was blown away by how many stories there are. There's more stories on these s snacks than there are in this podcast. Our story. The Siete story began during the Garza family's collective health journey when Veronica Garza made a tortilla from almond flour. Her grandma Campos said it tasted even better than my homemade tortillas. And it ensured the family of seven, Siete could still enjoy heritage-inspired meals without the sacrificing flavor or texture. Well, uh, could still enjoy heritage-inspired meals without sacrificing flavor or texture. I thought there was another word there. Siete continues to make delicious Mexican-American products using innovative and simple ingredients. We 
create nourishing foods a whole family can gather together to enjoy because juntos es mejor. Juntos es mejor. This is so cute. Love siete grain for uh, free tortilla chips. Try siete grain free tortillas. Their tor tortillas are amazing. And also their cookies, their Mexican cookies are so good. 10 out of 10. I got to have one more chip. Everybody knows the rules. These are great. I love the story. Sorry, Tia Lupita. Siete takes the gold. Okay, what else do we got? Now these... I really just want to do a podcast so I can eat snacks. These are organics. No, this isn't really a story because organics, I feel like, is owned by one of the grocery stores. This product, this brand. These are organic pretzel rods, which it's like, stop. Are you flirting? Organic from the source. So it's not a story, but th this is what started me along this snack attack segment journey where I wanted to buy some snacks for my trip and realize that I was being uh, reading books over and over. This says organic from the source. Doesn't it feel good to know where your food comes from? Like you guys are really going to tell us the truth. Uh, just a few moments ago, I was eating lead chips. How was that even making it to the, to the shelf? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At O Organics, we carefully select producers who meet organic farming standards and share our commitment to organic agriculture. That's our promise. I don't believe it. I will say these pretzel rods are delicious, but I don't believe it. I don't believe what anyone says anymore. Starting to lose faith in humanity. Starting to lose faith in humanity and my snacks. What's poisoning me more, the AIs or the lead in Tia Lupita's chips? I'm pissed. Read the fine print, folks. There could be lead in your in your damn snacks. What is going on? A lot bothered me this week. I forgot. D did I mention to you guys about the Delta Lounge music? Well, it's not. It's not the lounge music. It was the the music when you are going to get on the plane. Let me see if I played it at all. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, this is the guy talking behind me so loudly. Um, let's see. What are these? Who am I recording? Oh, that must have just been recording on, like, on its own. Oh, I know what this is. This is another thing that bothered me this week. I'll get to the Delta loading music. So basically, I was on a plane. And I think this is a new thing that's going on. The music when you're on the plane and everyone's boarding is so weird and it's very like heartbreaking the music's so depressing i really wish i could find it i might need to cue that up for next week let me see i know it was like a short amount of time that i played it is this not it what is this oh this was the guy in line who drove me nuts we're gonna delete him we don't need to hear him anymore he's he's off he's off the island I don't know if I even saved that recording. I might have accidentally deleted it. But there was another situation where <sighs> something bothered me this week when I was on a hike. And I don't know what it is 
about people. I think they're just assholes. And people are just so annoying. But when I'm on a hike, two things I don't want to hear are loud ass people being overtly loud. Just, and this is coming from me, who's made a career out of being loud. I know it sounds kind of contradictory and probably a little hypocritical for me to be like, hey, can you quiet down? Well, I try to enjoy my downtime in between me living and pursuing a career of loudness. Could you please keep it quiet during my downtime? I realize it's a little bit of a a problem and a double standard, but follow me along. Follow along with me on this. I I don't think I, I should have to be succumbed to your loudness or your music on a hike. Look, Mr. Worldwide is fine, okay? Pitbull's not my first choice, but hey, to each his own. Where I definitely don't want to hear Pitbull is out in nature when I'm looking at sequoias. I'm over here just enjoying the the shade of a weeping willow, and I got to hear Mr. Worldwide in the background. You're ruining my hike, okay? I'm not saying he shouldn't have a chance to be an artist. I don't want to hear him. You know what? Don't want to hear J-Lo either. I don't even want to hear the, the freaking Beatles. I don't want to hear any music on a hike. I don't want to hear your mouth. I, I want to hear birds chirping. I want to hear the blades of grass brushing up against one another. I want to hear an ant stepping over gravel. That might be a lot. Might be a little too much. But this is where I'm at when it comes to the hikes. And this is what I heard on the hikes. Okay? Loud people? Check. <laughs> Like, what is that? Oh, no, that was a guy in line again. Sorry, this is a loud person. What? You're, you're probably thinking, was that the terminal LAX? Was that the Delta terminal LAX? No, 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 that was a hike in nature. You don't want to be involved in the background? You aren't in the background. There's nothing about you that's in the background. I don't know what, it sounds like she doesn't want to be involved in the background. Oh, she doesn't want to be involved if she doesn't know the background. Well, there is no background in your life. You are in the foreground of everyone's hike. And I don't know why you're so loud. I don't know. No, I don't want to be involved. I don't know the background. And these people are just passing me by, but I could hear them coming from a mile away. And then there was another group of people who had a boombox with them. And yes, I, I did stand there and record them from a distance coming up closer to me passing me by. I was passive aggressively <laughs> recording people on a hike. This is how you know I'm in a, in a in a mood. This is how you know I have entered a new territory in my own life, in my own existence, how I have crossed over into a different realm. And I think this realm is just authenticity is I'm done pretending everything's okay all the time. I don't think that's healthy. And it's not to say that you can't be positive, but I also think there's real value in being authentic and keeping it real. And I got to keep it real and say, a lot of you people are way too loud on a hike. A lot of you come with music, and I think it's because you're afraid of silence. I think a lot of us are afraid of silence. We're afraid of just sitting and being we're afraid of, of not speaking. We want to fill the air with every single thought in our mind. And this is coming from a per- person who podcasts for a living and talks for a living. So, you know, it's a, a real 
sort of, um, you know, a, a little bit of a hypocrisy again, a little bit of a double standard for me to go, hey, why do you have to talk so much? But I really do believe we're afraid of silence and we're afraid of just being in the moment and being quiet. Here's the group of people with their freaking music. Let me preface this. Let me interrupt them by talking. <laughs> let me preface this by saying this is a, a hike through nature. Okay. And this is what is heard. Not birds mating, not the blades of grass brushing up against one another, not ants marching. No, this. What? Am I in Tiesto's studio? Why is there so much music? Also, what's all the crinkling? Probably bought, brought some snacks with them because it's a legitimate hike, but I, uh, can, can, you, can you guys commiserate with me a little bit here? Singing along, there's karaoke. Full volume. Oh, God. No. No, set it on fire. Set it on fire. I'm done. You don't need your music on hikes. You don't need to be so loud. And this is coming from someone who's loud for a living. Just be. Why are we all so afraid to just be? Why are we afraid to, to be in silence? And I honestly think we haven't learned how to be humble. We haven't learned to listen. And that's the thing, when I go out in nature, when I go out on a hike, if I'm with somebody, I know there's going to be some conversation, but I'll only go with people I know, respect, and understand the value of also just being in someone's presence. It takes a real comfortability to be with someone and be quiet with them and be silent with them. That's real intimacy. When you're able to be comfortably silent with another human being. And I think that's something that we struggle with finding comfort in silence and I am a type of person who whose career is completely out in the open and I thrive in silence I I actually prefer to be silent and I prefer to be introverted sometimes and to reminisce and think and process that's how I am in my downtime and so when I go on a hike with somebody it's got to be someone who understands that and, and understands the value of silence and I think we've forgotten about the value of silence I've toyed with the idea of going on one of these silent retreats and, you know, Leo Flowers, one of my friends and ex-roommate did that for like a week. And I, I don't know if I could do it. I, even me, I'm like, guys, we have to be comfortable with silence. But even me, I'd be like, so guys, what's going on? I probably would be kicked out. I probably would be kicked out of the silent treatment process because I wouldn't, well, it's not the silent treatment, but it's a, it's a silent getaway because I I think it'd be very difficult to not talk <laughs> now I'm realizing people why they feel the need to talk on hikes because it's just it's very hard to not fill the air with 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 so much non-sensory and nonsensical things but there is such a value to sitting back and listening and that's what you kind of learn when you practice being silent 
And when you practice holding your tongue, and I have been practicing, practicing doing that lately. I've been practicing taking a breath and not speaking every time I think and actively listening to people when they talk. And this is something for people with ADD that's very difficult. And it's been a process for me to to learn and to become disciplined and become an active listener. And, and I think that's probably why I also enjoy silence so much because the way my brain is, it's constantly going and I do have anxieties and I do overthink and I do have a nervous ability and I, I, I kind of lean towards that like anxious side, that the, the anxious spectrum of, of the mind. And I'm very aware of all of that. And I'm also very fortunate that I have access to amazing doctors and professionals that can help me along the path of learning how to combat symptoms of ADD without medication. And so it's a, a little bit longer of a process, but I'm the type of person when I learn something, I learn it and it stays. And so I guess maybe that's why I was so triggered by these people on this walk. Besides me coming out of Contopia 2020 through whatever year we're in, because I do believe Contopia start, started really after my mother died and my mood change and shifting and dealing with grief and all of that. It's a form of that. But I also think I was triggered because I am more aware of silence and more aware of the value. And so when my silence is infringed upon by other people's noise pollution, I get pissed. And I've stopped being, not that I've stopped being nice, because I do think nice and being nice to people is a valuable tool and also a, a very powerful mechanism in conversation and communication. And I learned that from both of my parents. But there's also a boundary for yourself in your own space and holding your own space. And that's where I've been much more honest. And I think maybe calling it cuntopia is also a version of explaining what I'm going through. But I'm being more honest and being more authentic and not so much of a people pleaser. And that's sort of the evolution I'm in is coming out of that people pleasing stage of my life and into becoming, uh, I guess, a bitch. <laughs> Try the pretzels. They're great. The pretzel rods are great. Sorry, Tia Lupita. Your snacks are trash. And I don't say that often, but maybe it's not your bag. I will say it's probably the lead in your bag. <laughs> oh, we have one more snack. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, we'll get back to what annoyed me this week. Um, this is one of my favorite chocolates. This is Alter Eco. Great title. A little bit of a pun there. A little play on words. Uh, restores forest. So eating this chocolate, you're basically saving the planet. I'm not quite sure how that math works. I'm not quite sure how that math works. But eating the chocolate rebuilds forest. So I'm basically a conservationist. When you eat this chocolate, basically elephants should thank you. And all of the monkeys and even some of the, the flora and fauna I expect thank you cards from. Because by me satisfying and satiating my cravings, I am rebuilding the palm tree issue that we have. So this says regenerative agriculture creates extraordinary cacao by planting a diverse mix of trees around the cacao crop to mimic an abundant forest ecosystem. So basically, they build a farm to create a forest. Healthy cacao trees, soil fertility, drought resistance doubles the trees per acre, biodiversity, carbon absorption, shade for cacao and farmers, farmer income, income stability. So basically also 
you snacking is paying for people. This is, I'm already sold. A healthier way of doing business starts from the ground up. You get it? So there's not a huge story on this, unless I'm missing something here. Oh, wait, no, there's something here. This chocolate bar is made of organic, clean ingredients, no fake sugars or additives, and is carbon neutral supply chain restored forest. So it's good for you and the planet. Learn more at altericofoods.com. It's organic, no fake sugars. I like that. There's no fake sugars here. I don't want no fake sugars. No fake sugars for me. No additives, no glue, and recyclable packaging. I didn't know that. I've been throwing this in the trash for years. So basically the the world can thank me because I eat this chocolate on the regular and it's delicious. It's quinoa crunch, which sounds like a dance troupe from Venice Beach, California. <laughs> That's a snack attack mixed with me attacking silence. Um, what else bothered me this week? There's so much I want to get to. Okay, um, maybe I'll say I'm going to save the next thing that bothered me this week for next week because I want to get into what happened with Carlin and the edibles. But first, we can't go on without a little overheard at the farmer's market, right? You guys love that. So, you know, I started this because of Dashiell. Freaking Dashiell, uh, Dashiell's mom didn't want him to choke. And now I just find things and find people and record what they say. Not record, but just write it down. Record as in being an investigative journalist of basic bitches at the farmer's market. So overheard last week at the farmer's market. I lived in Bali. That's all I heard. That's all I needed to hear was I lived in Bali. And it was like, actually, no, what the full sentence was, have you ever lived in Bali? I've lived in Bali. And I, in my mind, I'm looking at this girl and I'm like, okay, calm down, Felicity. You visited for 14 days. Okay, two weeks doesn't count as a full residency, right? I mean, even people who do residencies in Vegas don't say they live in Vegas. So basically, you went on vacation. It's different. It's just different. You didn't live there. Felicity, you vacationed. Oh, well, I lived in Houston, Texas last weekend. And I lived in where I'm at right now in this undisclosed destination this weekend. And guess what? I also lived in Key West, Florida. I'm going to be living in Key West, Florida. Let's let's, let's do my tour coming up. I'm going to be living in Key West, Florida. I'm going to be living in Everett, Washington, as well as Edmonton, Canada. That's right. I'm an international uh, squatter, apparently, as well as Chicago, Philadelphia. I, I'm going to be living in all these places and more. Check the dates at jessiemay.com forward slash tour if you want to see me live and tell you where I lived. I Have you ever lived in Bali? I lived in Bali. And you don't even wait for the person to respond. Have you ever lived in Bali? Those girls oh, from the farmer's market last week. It's actually gorgeous. All the girls in LA speak the same and they all sound like a creepy door that's forever opening. It's just, uh, it's like, is the door ever going to open? How about we shut the door? Shut the door. Are you serious? It's so annoying. I don't even want to do it anymore. I lived in Bali. Yeah, sure you did. Sure you did. I doubt it. Dubious. You went there for four weeks. Actually, I would consider four weeks a slight residency. <laughs> you know, I tell people I lived in the Middle East and I was there for 10 days. So you know what? To each their own. I don't tell people that. I toured there for the USO and it was life-changing and I had a great time. And you can listen to it on this podcast. I think there's a USO recap. And Deb and I 
were reminded of the story when I packed myself in a suitcase because I was on too many drugs. We're making a video for that. Debbie and I have stepped up our our um, clip game. Debbie's doing amazing, so we keep thinking of new clips. If you guys have ideas for clips or stories that you know from this podcast that you would like to see and challenge Deb to turn into a clip, email us, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your suggestions and give us some inspiration for clip stuff because we're having so much fun. And the story about me zipping myself up in Afghanistan is hilarious. So that will be coming out on my socials soon. But speaking of drugs, let's talk about my dog on drugs. Okay. I have three dogs. They're all elderly. It's heartbreaking to deal with. And it's also a handful to deal with. I've been very busy lately and running all over city recording podcasts and also writing sessions and working on various projects besides stand up to further my career in different directions. And the result of that is I, I'm in and out of my place a lot more. My dogs are having to be watched and I have people come over. And so there's always a little bit of commotion and it's, it's a lot to manage. So cut to me working the other night and Carlin's also this dog who's very agile. He plays dumb. Dogs are very smart. They play you like a fiddle and Carlin's no different. When I was living with Leo Flowers and I would leave Leo would say, you know, the second you leave, your dog climbs up on the counters with the agility of like that Asian guy from from Ocean's Eleven who climbed inside of the box. You know, the contortionist. Do you remember that like Asian contortionist? The little the little teeny fella who who folded his body up. That's basically what Carlin was doing, climbing up on the counters, gingerly opening avocado with the precision of a culinary chef who just graduated Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen culinary school in London. Carlin would, would peel an avocado with his stupid teeth and leave the pit. I'd come home and there'd be avocado skin in pits all over the freaking carpet. Not a sign of the avocado. This, this, this dog would lick the inside of the skin. You wouldn't even see, you weren't even sure if it was an avocado. You're like, I think an alien spawned in my living room. And I know everyone's like, avocado's poison for dogs. You don't know, Carlin. This dog's a different dog. This dog's a different dog. It's just different. He eats everything. He's eaten loaves of bread, entire loaves of bread, okay, with the little plastic thing as well. You're like, oh, you're a terrible mom. It, it took a while for me to realize I wasn't being robbed by someone who was just hungry. It was my dog. You know, it's not like I'm going around keeping an inventory of my loaves of bread. I just didn't know where it was going. There were a couple times where he also ate entire bags of uncooked rice and I gotta tell you on the other end they come out cooked each rye comes out cooked and it's a process he's eaten so many things he's eaten things he shouldn't have eaten and he's he's lived to tell the story there was one time when I was at my sister's house and Elliot's birthday was happening and she got him an enormous blue cake I don't think it was blue's clues I want to say it was like a Paw Patrol inspired cake but it was blue and my sister put it in the center of the the island, the marble top island, beautiful island with the, you know, the oven and all the range, the oven with all the range on top and, and just this huge island. And so her and the kids come up to the bedroom where I'm staying in the guest room. We all watch a movie. We all start to watch a movie. And my dogs are all with us at this time. And normally they follow us up and Bunny's there, Chaplin's there and my sister and I look at each other we're like, where's Carlin? Why isn't he up here? And then we just kind of look at each other and we're like, oh no, 
the birthday cake. And I'm like, you don't think. And she's like, he wouldn't. And we go downstairs. And when I tell you, Carlin's just like, just looking his chops. The cake was gone. The entire birthday cake for about 40 people was freaking gone. When I say gone, I mean gone. It looked like there wasn't even a cake. I, I, I think I should have enrolled this dog in crime scene cleanup. Because the way he doesn't leave a, a kernel of evidence is just remarkable. Not even a crumb. I mean, not a cricket, cricket crumb. Not a crisp little chip of crumb. Not a morsel. Not even a morsel. Not even a m. Not even the idea of a morsel. Nothing. He even ate the freaking tray it came on. You know that little cardboard tray? When I tell you that his, um, what came out of him was a spectrum of color for about two weeks, that would be an understatement. I say all this to say that Carlin survived, okay? And we've tried to learn, we've tried to anticipate, but as parents out there listening probably know, kids do crazy stuff too. Sometimes you just can't plan for things that you just would and never anticipate would happen. And so cut to me this past week being busy and I have taken precautions now. I, I cut, I, I stopped putting stuff out on the counters. Now I know I can't leave food out on the counters because Carlin is going to climb up on them like the snack thief that he is. And so I put all the food up. There's no more food left out in my place. I also restrict places where he can go in the house as to keep him protected and to not eat everything. And I also make sure no real poisonous food is available like coffee beans or various foods that can actually be poisonous to dogs. But for some reason, Carlin just has this street dog digestive system that is much more adaptable than like a purebred you know that's one benefit from getting rescue dogs and dogs that are from the streets is they're a little bit more adaptable they're a little bit more resilient they're mixed breeds they're stronger genetically it's it's beneficial for you if you're going to get a dog try and stick away from the purebreds because they tend to come with more issues so that's the one thing that was on my side but I walk in the house and I kind of was just giving Carlin a little bit more room because he's been good. So I didn't block off any of the areas in my house except for my bedroom because that's my bedroom and I don't want dog funk up in there. I got to create my own space and, and keep it safe and, and smelling nice, you know, so I don't let him in the bedroom. So I come in the house and I see a couple baggies on my kitchen floor and I'm like, what are those baggies from? God, those look familiar. And then I see another baggie and my heart just sinks and I'm like, oh God. And then I see my backpack and I learned that this was the moment that I learned that Carlin can open backpacks like he's a high school student. My dog can open backpacks like he's going to earth science. My backpack was zipped shut and tucked into a, a crate underneath the bench in my kitchen Carlin pulled the backpack out and unzipped it. And I wish I had my camera on in the kitchen to catch this snack thief. Then he took out my bags of edibles and ate them all. Ate them all. Can't tell you what the milligram was. Um, can't tell you. And even if I could, I wouldn't. Because I don't want you guys coming after me. 
Oh, you're such a bad dog, mom. Really? Nothing's ever happened to you? You never lost your dog? You never left some cake out? You never accidentally gave it chocolate? It never accidentally got into something it shouldn't get into? It didn't get into the trash that you should have put a, a lid lock on? Really? You're just a perfect dog owner? All you judgy whores? Quit judging. But you're right. I probably should have checked the backpack before I left. And I didn't. Well, Carlin did. And let me tell you, he was on a ride. He was on a ride. I saw him. His ears were in different directions. Now, this happened before. He probably, if you listen to the podcast, this happened once before. Actually, twice. He got into Leo's girlfriend's backpack, but these were not edibles. He ate all her snacks. He opened her backpack. That's right, her duffel bag. So this is something I should have remembered. And fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. This is I take full responsibility. And he also got into chocolates and opened the backpack again. Fool me three times. I guess I'm just an idiot. Okay, I just forgot that my backpack was down there because I was so exhausted. This is the importance of sleep. This whole podcast is about why you need sleep so your dog doesn't eat your backpack edibles. So I come in and, and he had eaten edibles and his ears were in different directions and his eyes were very wide. And I got to tell you, his face changed. And I'm not saying this for any other reason, but what he looked like. He looked like Lucy Lou. He reminded me of Lucy Lou. I'm like, why do you look like Lucy Lou? He was so stoned. His face was beautiful. His eyes were like pulled back and they were, and he was so, everything, like his angle changed. Like he looked feminine and he had these beautiful eyes and he looked like he was figuring things out for the first time. And then I opened the door to the back of my, of my, uh, my backyard and he hopped like a deer and he was gone for, I, 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 I want to say, like at least 10 laps. He did about 10 zoomies bouncing. He didn't run. He bounced on both feet. I'd never seen him run like this before, but he was very happy. He looked like he figured a lot out for himself. He looked like he let go of a lot. And I, I felt a little less bad in that moment, knowing that he had found some truth. And I got to tell you, he did all this silently. He sat in silence. He, he knows the value of silence. Maybe we could all take a page out of Carlin's snack thief book. And learn that, hey, maybe sometimes we should uh, find a place where we can be quiet and find some joy. And instead of bringing your boombox to the hike, why don't you just hop around like a happy dog on edibles. And keep your mouth shut. And open your heart. And open your ears. And shut your mouth. That wouldn't be so bad, would it? Here's a little callback to me making fun of girls and how they sound. This is from Tuna Meltdown on Instagram. It's a po poster outside of a business, it looks like. It says, sorry if you say the word literally inside Continental. You have five minutes to finish your drink and then you must leave. If you actually start a sentence with I literally, you must leave immediately. This is the most overused, annoying word in the English language and we will not tolerate it. Stop Kardashianism now. And I'm here to be a member of the Stop Kardashianism movement. I love it. They call it that. I believe I referred to the Kardashians in the last week's episode or the week before that. But actually, literally, please shut the fuck up. Find a different word. Be creative. Uh, let's do a couple messages from our May Bays. Columbus Bakery hit me up. I don't want to brag, but remember I was talking about bread last month? They hit me up. They said, um, hello, thank you so much. And they also hearted my message when I said all about the bread. I'm all about the bread, about the bread, must have it. It's Megan Trainer, but with more carbs. 
so shout out to Columbus Bakery. I'm not, I mean, they're not a Maybay, but I'm forcing them to be my Maybay. Uh, we also got a message from my girl, Melissa. She says, bestie, I am one of your Syracuse girlies and I was listening to your newest episode and needed you to know that I was born without a effing adult tooth. <gasps> I'm not alone. And it was one of my front ones. So it was super noticeable and it was so small. So they pulled the baby tooth and then they made me wear a flipper. What? Like on toddlers and tiaras, how those little bitches have a tooth on a retainer. Oh my God. Until I was 18 and I had the fake tooth drilled into my jaw. <gasps> And then they slapped on a couple veneers to make them match better. Anyways, I'm only telling you this because A, I've never met anyone else that was unlucky enough to have this mutation. And B, in episode, you said something like you haven't had cosmetic surgery. Well, surprise, bitch. According to insurance, anything to do with that little baby tooth is considered cosmetic, which is just so rude. I know you said you don't have dental insurance. Same. But just so you know, they wouldn't cover the bridge even if you did because being born with a tooth deformity is apparently cosmetic. God bless America. And God bless you, Melissa. Team no adult teeth is expanding. If anyone else has dental nightmares, email them to us. Jesse May Peluso comedy at Gmail. Don't forget to send us suggestions for the podcast and questions, comments, concerns, people you'd like to hear me interview or topics you'd like to hear me talk about. And why don't we open up what's bothered you this week? So if something's bothered you, send me a message. Maybe I can help you out. Jesse May Peluso comedy at Gmail. And here, this week, I want you to find some comfort in the silence. Let me know what you thought. Let me know what epiphanies came to you. Let me know what you discovered in that moment of silence that you never would have thought of or otherwise been able to come to thinking about had you been loud and listening to Pitbull on a hike. And please don't be like these people. Don't be like these people. Please don't. Set it on fire and find peace in the silence. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.